Okay, so reality check for some of you. Uh, guys, what happens next weekend? <laughs> Mother's Day would be the correct answer. Just, just trying to help you out a little. I think I heard NASCAR, Kentucky Derby. I don't know what all you guys came up with. Yeah, yeah. Cowboys aren't playing. Um, they didn't play much last year either. I like the Cowboys. I just, anyways. So, so we're in between series. We just finished a series in Titus. We'll start First Timothy in just a couple of weeks. But wanted to do just a little two-part mini-series uh, as we head into Mother's Day, and we'll begin that today. And and so this is just kind of something that I've, I've picked up, um, uh, and, and we'll we'll do periodically as we go. Same title for the series called Parenting Like God. And I know that sounds pretty big, isn't it? But I think parenting is a God-sized task. It's huge for us, uh, and, and it's probably one of the hardest things we can do. Um, now, some of you are going, I'm so glad that that is done. My kids are grown and gone, and they have kids, and they have kids. Their kids have kids. Um, well, I've got good news and bad news for you. The good news is they're not in your home anymore. The bad news is maybe, if that's the way that you're thinking, they're still your kids. I know, huh? <laughs> it never ends. Um, I had a friend that, that they were just a little bit ahead of me and Cynthia. We were best friends in, in high school. We worked together after college. And so he got married in May of 89. We got married December 89. Uh, they had their first child um, uh, before we had uh, Hillary. So just a little bit before. And he said, man, kids are expensive. And I'm like, we have good insurance. I'm not worried. He didn't tell me that kids were going to cost you for the rest of their lives. And, and he said another thing that, that I didn't quite get until we had our own. He said, kids will change your life. He didn't tell me kids will change every single area of your life. So parenting is a big thing. And, and so even for those of you whose kids are grown and gone and have their own kids, uh, let me tell you, it's not over. Please don't, don't leave them on their own. Your kids who have kids need your help now more than ever. Trust me. Now, they may not know it. They, they might think, I, I know that, that people are experts in child rearing until they have their own. Um, and then they realize how much they did, don't know. Um, so so this, this is for everybody today. If, if you aren't a parent, um, someday you might be. Or I know for sure that there are some parents that could use your help. So parents, grandparents, great-grandparents. I know that every kid is a great-every-grandkid is a great grandkid. That's what I hear. Um, yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not like ready for that just yet, um, the, the whole grandparent thing. Uh, my oldest has come up with a whole list of names that I don't like that she says <laughs> that her kids are going to call me. Peepaw, Pop Pop, Hoopaw. I don't know what all she has in store. I said it's grandfather, sir, or grandpa. If none of those work, your highness will be just fine. That works for me. So parenting like God, let me just, uh, let, let's just dive into to the Bible a, a bit. The whole idea with this series on parenting like God is that, that we parent out of the relationship we have with God. 
So, so we, we can look around, we can find some good role models for parents for us to, to, to look after. Hopefully some of those are our parents that we can look. But let me tell you, the best one, the one that we can always go back to, the one that never fails, never makes a mistake, that lets the rest of us out, is God the Father as he deals with us in relationship. So I want us to, to turn to that today. Turn, if you would, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11 is going to kind of be our, our jumping point uh, for the message today. It, it reads like this. It says, For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. It, you see, I firmly believe, parents, that, that we lay a foundation for our children. We need to lay a firm foundation for our children. I get to talk with, with parents and with students, with little kids a lot. And something that just makes me cringe inside is to hear a parent, and, and this isn't just a parent of a teenager, a student, this is a parent of a child, a grade school child, that says, you know, we're just going to let them find their way. We're, we're going to let her, you know, we, we want her to, to, to just be exposed and, and to find her way. We're going to let her choose, or we're going to let him choose. And I'm like, they can't even choose good food. <laughs> That, that makes me cringe for a couple of reasons. One is we know that doesn't end well. Secondly is we know that that is not God's mandate to us as parents. We are to raise up our children and grandparents, help your kids raise up your grandkids. I, I see lots of times in Scripture, and we'll hit one in Deuteronomy, where it says your children and your children's children. So I know that you're at least responsible for your grandkids. You thought when your kids moved out, it was over? Then you thought when they had their own kids, it was payback? Some of that might be. But you stay connected. You keep that relationship. You influence as father, as mother, as grandfather, as grandmother. Listen, we need to leverage every bit of influence we have in the lives of our children and our grandchildren. And I would say even your great-grandchildren and if you're blessed enough, your great-great-grandchildren. So we are to lay a firm foundation for them. Deuteronomy really kind of talks about that in, in a lot more, and I love this passage. It's really, it's really a good model for discipleship, by the way. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 7. Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. What a great model. That, that, that's, that's a great way to do discipleship, by the way. That's the hardest way to do it. We're going to talk about that in just a bit. But Deuteronomy 6, 4, we are commanded to teach these to our children. And, and not, just, not just sit down and say, hey, here's something you need to think about. We are to teach them. And, and, and look at the way he says to do that in life, in all of life. What, what a great way to do that. It doesn't mean that you sit down with an hour with your kids. And, and, and you have a, a lesson with them. He says, when you get up, when you lie down, when you sit at the table, when you walk by the way, I don't know about you, but that pretty well encompasses my day. 
Some of you go, we don't, we don't sit at the table anymore. We'll pick a night where you sit by the table. Um, we don't walk by the way anymore. Take advantage of the driving time that you have. Man, I tell you, this might not have worked so well in Dallas-Fort Worth, but we have plenty of drive time here. It's, it's a good hour to the next Starbucks if you don't count the one in Albertsons. Take advantage of those. And then this one, we, we a lot of times claim this as a promise, this verse, but really it's more of a principle, just like these others are, these principles that we lay down. Proverbs 22.6, Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he'll not depart from it. See, the idea is this, parents, Grandparents, that we lay the foundation for them. We don't let them pick. We don't let them choose. We don't let them figure it out for themselves. Some of us have trouble figuring it out for ourselves, don't we? We don't let them do that. We lay the foundation. We point them in the direction, and we walk alongside with them. And I've got an adult daughter, and I plan on still doing that with her and her husband. As, as long as they're alive, my kids, and as long as I'm alive, I'm their dad and they're my daughters. That's just the way it is. That's biblically the way it is. It's the parents' responsibility to teach the kids. Now, I know we, we get help from our, our school system. We get help from the church. But parents, it's our responsibility to teach our kids. Everything else ought to be supplemental. Anybody, don't raise your hand, um, Anybody, did you ever think that like Social Security was going to be your retirement plan? It's a supplemental plan. Now, I know some people who are super frugal, who, who made sure that they did things right, and somehow they're living on their Social Security. I got mine a while back. You know, you get the little statement on your birthday. I figured out if I work until I'm 92 and get a second job, I can retire. The church teaching your children, the school teaching your children, those are supplemental, but we bear the responsibility. So, so two parts of this that I can see. First of all, parents, you are to teach your children what God says to do. You get that? Here's the verse. It's Ephesians 6.4. I love it that Deuteronomy 6.4 and Ephesians 6.4 really kind of hit on the same things. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. We are to teach them what God says to do. And, and listen, that is different than saying, I have girls, so I say honey. I, I think if I had a boy, I'd say son, because if I called him honey, that might be, I don't know. I might do that too. But I have girls, so I, I would say that teaching them what God says to do is different than saying, honey, you should do this. Or honey, you shouldn't do this. Or if I had a boy, I think I would say, son, you ought to be doing this. Or son, you shouldn't be doing that. What's the difference? The difference is one of authority. Now, I have authority as a father, but I don't have as much authority as the father. And we want to anchor them to what God says in his word. This is our authority. And it doesn't change. This is what God says that you should do. This is what God says you should not do. That goes back to Deuteronomy 6. The laws, the commandments that I give you today, you're to teach them to your children. And some of you are going, man, that's kind of hard. That means I'm going to have to get in and I'm going to have to learn. And I'm going to have to study. I think that's called being a disciple of Jesus, right? But it gives us a little bit of accountability as we do that as parents. 
because they're going to ask some good questions. One of the best questions I heard from, uh, he wasn't even a teenager at the time, was this, and I might have shared it, I won't say who said it, who asked me, but they said, okay, Pastor Larry, actually the mom brought the kid and said, ask Pastor Larry. <laughs> I should have said, you go find out. He said, if we've got God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, how come we don't call God the Holy Spirit the Father because God the Holy Spirit is the one that came upon Mary and she became pregnant? I said, dude, you think too deep. <laughs> They're going to ask some hard questions. And sometimes we feel like as parents, we're supposed to have all the answers. Do you know one of the best answers I, I think you can give as a parent? Is to say, you know, that's a good question. Why don't we see if we can find the answer in the Bible? That's a good question. You crazy deep thinking kid, that's a good question. <laughs> Why don't, why don't we read the Bible and see if, we can, see if we can find the answer in there? That's the best answer I think you can give as a parent. And then do it. The second one is harder. The se- how, how do we teach? Actually, we haven't even gotten to that yet. Um, don't jump ahead. Parents teach their children what God says to do. The next one is harder. They teach their children to do what God says. You catch the difference? The first one is we teach them what God says to do, but then we also have to teach them to do what God says. Now, this passage we always refer to as uh, the one in how to make disciples or our discipleship making passage. Matthew chapter 28, beginning in verse 18, Jesus says something that we skip over. We shouldn't. Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. I mean, that's like a whole less, that's probably a series. Stay tuned. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, Jesus said. There's no greater authority in heaven and on earth than Jesus. That's what he said. It's been given to him. Now we'll get to the part we're talking about. <laughs> Therefore, because of that, the highest authority is saying to you, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And then this one we, we gloss over too much. Teaching them to observe, or your, your translation may say do. Teaching them to do all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Do you get what he said? He, 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 it's not enough to teach them what God says to do. We need to teach them how to do what God says. Parents, I know the job just got a lot harder, didn't it? We teach them what God says to do, and then we, then we teach them how to do what God says. Because we can say, you need to be kind to people. And they're like, okay, I don't know how you do that. Neither do we. That's why we don't tell them. We need to... We need to teach them to do what God says to do. How do we do that? Three ways, and then we'll close. Each of the three have one under, so it's really six things, but three sounds better. How do you teach your children? First, you teach them with God's word. Listen, this has to be the anchor. 
This has to be where we go. Because if we teach them morality, our world is going to twist that and our world is going to change that. Morality is a fluid thing in our world, in our culture. God's word is the same always. So we teach them with God's word. That means we need to read it to them when they're young. We need to teach them how to read it for themselves as they grow a little bit older. We teach them with God's word. The second way is we teach them with our words. So we we point them to God's word as the foundation, the base, but we also teach them with our words. That means we explain it to them. Now, I know that gets hard. You're like, but I've never been to Bible school. You grew up in church, you did. We call it Sunday school. Way back in the day was training union. And then it, and I didn't have to go to history books. I've been around for some of that. And then it was discipleship training. Now we do discipleship classes. But you explain it to them. And, and, and you may be thinking, I don't know enough to explain it. It's a good time for you to learn. You can say son if you've got a son or honey. If you've got a girl, I guess you can say honey if you've got a son. Let's, let's sit down. I don't know. I don't have all the answers, but let's sit down and study this together. You can also do it the Deuteronomy 6 way as you go by the way, as you, as you walk by the way, as you sit down, as you get up. You, you talk about it. You, you, you flesh that out. You help them to understand what God's word is saying. So you teach them with God's word. You also teach them with your words. And then finally, you teach them with your life. This is like the hardest thing. Because if we're going to teach them with our lives, we not only read it to them, we not only explain it to them, but we have to show it to them. And I know that's where a lot of parents, a lot of grandparents pull the rip cord. Actually, that's the wrong one. That's the ejection cord. The rip cord is here. That's where we punch out. That's where we say, you know, I'm going to send them to Sunday school. (laughs) I'm going to send them to youth, or I'm going to send them to kids' club. But listen, parents, that's our responsibility. Grandparents, can you imagine how much help your kids need doing this for their kids? Because not only do we read it to them, not only do we need to explain it to them, but we have to show it to them. I wish, I wish, I wish that they do as I say, not as I do thing worked. But it don't. They do what we do. And that means it has to start with us. And and that's why I would say that parenting is not for the faint at heart. We know when they start talking, we we want them to because we get tired of the grunting and groaning while they point at the pantry. You want this? You want this? Sound like Frankenstein. You know, and like after 20 minutes, I'm like, I'm tired of playing the guessing game. I even said it to my kids as they got older. What do you want to eat? I don't know. You want this? No. You want this? No. I'm not playing the guessing game. In my mind, I'm thinking, I did that before you could talk. (laughs) And then they start talking. And you know what? They've got little built-in tape recorders. And they say what we say. 
And then we find out that we, we have little monkeys because monkey see, monkey do. My father-in-law, who had smoked since he was in the army, and he went in the army as a young, young guy, quit smoking whenever he saw my oldest with a crayon doing this. He didn't get it from me and Cynthia. And he quit because he, he said, I am not going to be that kind of influence. Now, after he did, he started having all kinds of health problems, and he blamed it on quitting. But <laughs> they do what we do. They say what we say. They believe what we believe. Now, they don't believe what we say we believe. They believe what we believe. And how do they know what we believe by what we do? So let me, let me challenge you, if, if you haven't been challenged yet this morning. Let me challenge you with this as parents, as grandparents, as some who may someday be parents. If you were going to have a little one copying you, What would they copy? What would they say? What would they do? What would they believe? Because you do. And even grandparents, great-grandparents, you have that influence for your kids, your grandkids, and your great-grandkids. But you still, as parents of grown kids, have that influence with your kids. So here's my challenge. God, work in me in such a way that my kids and my grandkids and my great-grandkids will be godly people. Work in me in such a way that the ones who look to me, the ones who copy me, will be godly people. God, help me to show them how to follow you. Let's pray. Lord, I, there are so many times uh, as we read your word, as we listen to you, that, that we're convicted. And God, I know that that's just part of you working in our hearts. So Lord, we thank you for conviction. We know that you discipline those whom you love, and that's just proof that we're your children. God, this morning, I pray, Lord, that you would, you would bring conviction to the point of repentance and change. God, as a dad, Lord, help me to be the godly father that's going to lead them to follow you. Someday as a grandfather. Lord, I pray that you would help me to, to maintain that relationship with my daughters that, that I can I can encourage them and I can continue to teach them and, and continue to guide them and to help them as they raise their little ones to follow you. But God, I know it starts in, in me. Lord, we, we pray today, God, that you would change our hearts. That, that you would, Lord, help us not only to have a hunger for your word so that we are reading it ourselves, but God, give us wisdom and understand 
wisdom and understanding, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would teach us in your word. And then I pray that you do the work in our hearts that, that only you can do to help us to obey, to help us to do what your word says to do. And God, I pray that we do it in a way that brings honor and glory to you, in a way that brings others to faith in Christ, beginning with our families. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.